Reading the Bible can encourage a person in their relationship with the Lord as much as any other spiritual discipline. The Christian Standard Bible is an English translation that strives to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity. The CSB maintains accuracy while remaining easy to read. It is a translation that pastors can feel confident preaching from and the person in the pew can feel comfortable reading from in their own devotional time. The Word of God is living and effective, transforming the hearts of people, and our hope is that CSB is useful in more people being encouraged to read the Bible and share it with others. Learn more at csbible.com. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz, is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of A Few Minutes with God. Today we're going to be talking about marriage and God, and this is not by any way a definitive episode, but just some things in scripture that struck me that I wanted to share with you. This is episode 76, and you can find the show notes at a few minutes with God podcast.com. I want to thank today's sponsor, and that is the Christian Standard Bible. You can find out more information at csbible.com. Well, every Christian marriage has its ups and downs, and when you think about marriage as a Christian, it's important to look at the scriptures. This episode, we will explore the Bible and look at the example of marriage and the feast, uh, wedding feast of Canaan, as well as other places where God shows up every day in our lives. In the wedding feast of Canaan, we hear about how um, the Lord changed water into wine. And we look at it so many years later as the first time that we see the Lord perform a miracle. In the Gospel of John, he does not refer to it as a miracle. He calls it a sign. It was a sign that was performed in order to reveal God's presence in human history. So, what does this sign reveal? It reveals not so much about the wine, right? Even though we hear that it was the best wine that the guest had ever had. But it reveals so many things personally to me. First, Jesus performed the miracle because his mother Mary asked him to. You know, she said, do what he tells you. And in saying that, that just reminds me all the time that Mary points to Jesus and we have to do what he tells us. And I often wonder, did Mary realize that, you know, this was going to be a first in human history? Did she realize that she was asking her son to bless the water and turn it into wine that that it was going to be the best wine that the guests ever tasted? Or did she realize that this was going to be the beginning of his public ministry? 
Did Jesus perform miracles at home, I wonder, with just Joseph and Mary as a witness? There are so many questions that are unanswered that I have when I think about this wonderful holy family. I believe that Mary was given divine grace first in her ability to say yes to the angel Gabriel so many years ago, and then in the way to raise Jesus. I mean, can you imagine that she knew he was the son of God? I mean, we as you know, modern day parents go run to the store to buy a book or go look online for the answer. But there were no manuals on how to raise the Son of God, you know, or how to raise children, period. The only glimpse we are given into his childhood is when he is lost for three days and Mary and Joseph had to return to the temple. And when they did, they found him among the elders teaching. Was this a time that Mary and Joseph had an argument, I wonder? Men and women didn't travel together, so they both possibly thought the other had Jesus with them. And then somehow they learned that he was not there. Can you imagine what they were thinking? Oh my gosh, my son is lost. And he was lost for three days. And, you know, it's amazing when we think of that. How did this family deal with adversity with the Savior of the world in their care? This leads us to our own families and the conflicts that often arise. And we don't even have the obstacle of, you know, worrying about, you know, having God in our midst. I mean, we do, but not in the way of Mary and Joseph. There is no one marriage manual that explains the differences between men and women so definitively that we can read it and understand our spouse completely. There is no manual to read before entering into marriage that will solve all of your problems. Because marriage is fluid. It changes. I am definitely not the same person I am when I said I do many, many years ago, going on 40 years this year. The person that was used to getting her own way and compromise consisted of my husband saying that he was sorry and the next time he wouldn't do it again. You know, that what I'm not that same person, and that was I wasn't that horrible, but you get the picture. Marriages change us, and if we focus on God as a couple, it will help us get through all the tough times to come. Thankfully, we committed on our wedding day before God and our friends to put Him first and our marriage second and family third. If you have not committed your marriage to God, consider doing that today. Do not wait. I've heard stories of uh, people that were married outside of a church and, you know, maybe by the justice of the peace. And then later when their marriage was blessed within a church by a pastor before their friends and before God, they said it was miraculous. The amazing, you know, um, blessings that they got. Because I, as a Catholic, believe that marriage is a sacrament. And, you know, you may not believe that, but marriage is a holy union between man and wife before God. If you're not married, remember the importance of this covenant with each other. And we read about the covenants in Scripture. Isaiah uses wedding imagery in Isaiah 62, 4-5. As a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, and the metaphor of marriage makes your land his spouse, which describes God's relationship with the land. No, it doesn't, does it? 
He's describing humanity, us. Makes your land his spouse. God is talking about us. God is united with humanity as we are united with a spouse in marriage. Scriptures often use words that we understand to describe that which we cannot possibly understand. A covenant is a bond, and it's created various times throughout Scripture. In Canaan, Jesus transforms the water into wine. The water was used for ceremonial washings, and the wine was used by the guests to celebrate the wedding. Again, common day, symbols that were easy to understand at the time. Wine is used again at the Last Supper, where it becomes his blood on the cross. Jesus drinks from the cup at the Last Supper, but on the cross he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. It was not possible, and Jesus embraced the cross and his death. The cup of our salvation. Jesus is the bridegroom sent by God to humanity, which is his bride. Just as Jesus lived with the challenges as God and as man, we too are called to live our lives as men and women. You know, we expect nations to get along. We expect our government to get along. And often we cannot get along within our own families. These scriptures show us the price paid for our salvation. We join in marriage as a covenant and a symbol to God and to the outward world of a promise. How does this promise get so messed up in our daily lives? Well, one is that we face so many pressures the minute we wake up, right? And two, I think we can find an excuse for anything. We can find excuses to justify uh, mistakes that we've made. Ask yourself these questions in journal about the following. What is the covenant you've made with your spouse? If you're not married, what is the covenant you've made with God? Number two, how are you living a life that is pleasing to God? Number three, if you live a life that is pleasing to God, how will that help you in your marriage? Number four, thanking God each day for the gift of life and all of the things that happen in your life is the first step to a long and happy marriage. Can you begin this today? It's also the first step to a long and happy life. Number five, God is love. Does that translate into your married life? Number six, looking at the word sacrifice, is there any way you can sacrifice in your life or in your marriage more than God sacrificed for you? Number seven, can you begin to put God first in your life? Number eight, Can you put your spouse and their needs above yours and after God? And if you can't, God can help you with that. You just need to pray. Number nine, what does dying to self mean to you? And number 10, name one thing that you can change beginning today. Friends, love is sacrifice. The two cannot be taken apart. We believe that love conquers all things, and it does to a certain extent. But until I learned to die to self, what I wanted and what I wanted could not necessarily be above what my husband wanted. Well, once I learned that, and it was a very um, hard life lesson, 
things began to get better. We serve a selfish God. He wants all of us, not the leftover self we give him for two seconds before we fall asleep. Remember that, friends, if you are not spending time with God, a few minutes with God, like the name of this podcast that I repeat so many times, if you are not just spending time in quiet before the Lord and listening, it is difficult sometimes to get through the day. He doesn't always talk to us. We might just get a feeling or a thought. And just write that down if you journal. And you will find when you think that God's not talking to you, He is indeed. If we want a wonderful marriage, if we want a wonderful relationship with the Lord, we must have a wonderful covenant with God beginning today. Dear Lord, I praise you for all things, even those I'd rather not be happy about in my life. I know that all things are known by you. Still, Lord, I want to ask you specifically for... Lord, allow me to pray for those nearest to me daily. Let me be a prayer warrior for them. Please call to mind instances when I should pray for them. Dear Lord, I praise you and I thank you. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I am honored to serve such a mighty God. I thank you ahead of time for all the answered prayers, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, a few minutes with God.com, and your podcast page on a few minutes with God podcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.